Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to This is the Pits, starring Chelsea Greenwood and Michael Oberst. <laughs> this week, we have our Oceans correspondent, uh, Joe Stapleton, back. Welcome, Joe. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm stoked. I'm so stoked. My love of podcasts <laughs> almost equally matches my hatred of this movie. Yeah, I was going to say, are you stoked to talk about this movie that you hate? <laughs> I am, because it'll be fun. This would be the, the only fun... In the, I, Here's how much I hate this movie. I have stopped criticizing movies and TV shows I don't like because I constantly run into people that like produced them or wrote them. And like I'm kind of on the side of that world now. And I don't want someone to go back through my Twitter or listen to podcasts and say, wow, Joe's like talk shit about one of my movies. Guess I don't want to work with him. But this movie is so bad that if I ever met any of those people, I would be like, I'm really sorry. I don't mean I don't mean to be rude. But come Joe, on. can you tell our listeners what this movie is? It is Ocean's 12, <laughs> the sequel to the nearly perfect Ocean's 11 with a yep. movie that actually I would say minus a few things that make me hate all of it <laughs> could have also been quite enjoyable. Could have. Like was well, and like yeah. and, and is until the few things happen that I hate. Okay. So we know how Joe feels about this movie. Michael, what's your what's your quick on the take feeling? Um yeah, I mean it's it's honestly pretty similar. I think that this this movie was um you know, I guess a natural This is about what I would expect from a sequel of a perfect movie. Like it's they went you, they did something right and then they're like, "You know what? Let's try to do it b- better." See, I don't I don't think they tried to do it better. I think they were like, "Let's ride the coattail of the last one yes. and phone it right in." Yes. Well, yeah. No, and not only are we going to ride the coattails, but now we have a huge budget like we have a blank check <laughs> to do whatever we want and guess what we're just gonna say fuck you to the audience the entire time should we shoot for one day in the venice canals <laughs> yes absolutely yeah. should we go like fuck around and have like a whole bunch of the movie take place in amsterdam yes absolutely should we like just have a bunch of scenes written in lake como so we can all hang out in lake <laughs> yeah. como for a while yeah this movie is a classic case of the, the people in the movie are having way more fun than the people watching it. And I don't think that that is necessarily the right well, formula. Every single person, uh, um, every single actor in the movie said that they didn't even want to read the script before they said yes. Like they, they were, there in. was talk of a, a story sequel, checks every out. Every single person said yes before. I found a quote, which I think drives this point home. Brad Pitt said, I think the biggest joke was on Catherine because she actually thought we were making a movie. Being the new kid, nobody told her because she was running lines and breaking down her character. They like literally yes. were like, we're not making yeah. a movie. We're just like having fun. They're, they're like, Catherine, don't yeah. cry. They're like, nerd and- alert. I'm looking fucking <laughs> Captain Tryhard over here. And you're like, no, you're supposed to try. You're supposed to be fucking entertaining me. Not having a fucking great time at my expense. It's so fucked up. I think the, the only person that... The only person that maybe didn't sign on immediately was probably was probably Cheadle. Don Cheadle was probably like, uh, I right. have one question. <laughs> one question here. Uh, will I be credited this time? Well, Matt Damon didn't <laughs> want to do it because he had just gotten off of Born Identity. And he was like, and they wanted to write him in that big part. And he was like, I don't want to be in this movie. I, I just worked hard. Yeah. But then they did the same thing that they did to Zeta Jones, where they were like, okay, nerd, what? Oh, you're having too much money yeah. now? Just do it, you door and then he did it God. yeah i mean and that shows that i think all of that shows matt damon's just really really phoning it in in this mm-hmm. movie as is everyone else um and i do think that this movie had the potential to have written ridden on the coattails and been fine it could have been fine and i do think it is fine but i don't want a fine movie from such talent like i don't want to be taken advantage i don't yeah. want to feel like i'm taken advantage of so the movie itself is totally fine. I mean, I wanted to see what they did in the end. I'm going to say sound like a broken record, yeah. like I'm going to and I'm going to say this every time every time you guys say the movie's like okay or pretty bad, I'm going to go <laughs> no, it's not. It's horrible. It is it is not fine. It is not fine. <laughs> okay. This movie is a slap in the face. <laughs> Steven, you know what? Steven Soderbergh had some choice words uh in a, a recent interview actually about Ocean's 12 because Someone, the person, it was Vanity Fair, I think, was interviewing him, and they, they, they were like, 
So, uh, what did you like? What do you think now that you know everybody hated Ocean's Twelve when it came out ten years ago? And he was like, "Look, I wanted to just make a movie." And he's like, "I think that's the best one of the three. And he <gasps> no like, way. "Look at Joe's face, listeners. I wish no. You could he's that's gonna be like a troll." <laughs> No, that's going on. Like that's that's got to be a troll. Like that's like, and I love Soderbergh, and I I typically love what he says. I like his whole vibe, and I like most of his movies. And in fact, a bunch of them I think are absolutely perfect movies. Yeah, this has got to be a troll quote from him. Yeah, because he's he's a well respected and generally great filmmaker. He's a master. Yeah, Yeah, he's a master. No, he is. And he said, though, he was like, I think that this movie has the best cinematography and the best music out of any of the other ones. And if you if you don't like the script, that's fine. That's your own opinion. But you have to acknowledge that it has the best music and the best cinematography. I don't necessarily agree. I think I think the music was amazing on the, the 11. And I don't remember 13 enough to comment yet. But the music was great on 11 and the cinematography was great on 11. So, so the cinematography this, in this know. one is easy to be good because you're in gorgeous places the whole time instead of inside of a casino. Yeah. With gorgeous I'll people. I'll still contend that the cinematography isn't that good. It's really sloppy. Do you know what's really, really bugged me from the oh, get really? was the, um, the graphics, like the title cards? Every time they put letters on the screen, it looked like something I could have made in like Microsoft Paint. With that budget. It's like, it just looked like garbage. It wasn't yeah. cool. It didn't stick out. It was like, I, I thought I was watching a rough cut, basically, every time there were words on the stage, which, I mean, on the screen, which I thought was fucked, man. I agree. Didn't like I it. I agree with that. It just, it, it, it all felt very student filmy to me. Very student filmy, like, but all these people are getting paid millions of dollars. So like, so now we're starting this podcast. Oh yeah, at least, thank God they're getting paid millions yeah, of dollars. We're starting being like, okay. Everything we're watching wasn't taken seriously being made. And so now we have to, as quote unquote film critics, have to come in and take this shit seriously. And so it's really hard, you know, to watch a movie from that perspective, knowing that they didn't give a fuck. So why should I give a fuck, you know? And like, we'll we'll get to it eventually. And I would forgive all of this. Everything we've talked about so far, except for the thing. Oh, The thing that they do. I, are, are we waiting to talk about the thing, no. or should we bring up? Well, let's the tell thing the now? story. What I don't even really remember what the story is. They like. I mean, that's the thing. It was a forgettable story. It wasn't very strong. Terry Benedict is exacting his revenge on each of the Ocean's Eleven, and uh, so they have to pay him back with interest. They need a hundred and eighty million dollars now, or something, around <laughs> that ballpark. And not only their lives are on the line. For revenge's sake. And they've got to pull off one last job to, f- to rule them all. And wait, there's th- and the other storyline is Rusty. This really is Rusty's movie. This is... Uh, yeah. This is yeah, Brad's it's movie. Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt's movie. And leading. I will just say, the best part of the movie for me was that he had a shaved head and he's so hot. I took a few screenshots. He like, looks very good. The cinematography around Rusty and Brad Pitt. Like, there's some moments yes. where I'm like, I am watching a Vanity Fair shoot like he looks so fucking good you totally felt like that yeah and i do enjoy that aspect anyway so he has a to get back to the plot there's a uh there's an international cop after him (laughs) who he burned in his past both romantically (laughs) and coply uh and so yes but i do so i i like that aspect of the storyline and i think the the uh, catherine zeta jones Yes, and I think that this is uh, a very enjoyable uh, chapter in in the, in the Rusty story. Yeah, I liked the way that it opened with him, and like you're like, "Ooh, what's going on?" Oh, they're like, it's very Mister and Mrs. Smith. Actually, it's like, does she know? Does she not Chelsea's, know? Chelsea cannot wait to watch Mister and Mrs. Smith. I just would like to point out, quivering with excitement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch it just uh, to listen to your podcast because yeah. when my so friends great. found out I was doing this podcast, they were like, have you ever seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith? And I'm like, no. And they were like, what? Yeah. Oh, it's a uh, watershed okay. moment. If for you haven't seen it, you really for, absolutely for culturally, should. romantically. I mean, we, we've basically established that shaved head, shaved head Brad Pitt is the hottest 100%. version of Brad right, Pitt. Right. And you get, and you get all of those, ver- you get all those versions in Ocean's 12. You get everything. You do. But it's not. As sexually charged, well, now we're just talking about uh, yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. But 
I don't think I liked the Catherine Zeta Jones okay. thing. I think it was like it felt super forced. I was like, I'm like, I don't know. I guess they were just thinking like, we got Brad Pitt. Let's give him a love storyline, like a really good, really like heavy-handed love storyline. Where uh, oh, he's. I actually wrote down. Uh, wow, star-crossed lovers they are. A detective in love with a thief means, good lord, this is going to get juicy. And it, guess what? It I got news for you. It did get real I got juicy. News for you. It did get juicy. I didn't need the fucking, this guy needs his money back. It doesn't make any sense. In the world of oceans, it no, makes no sense. It's like, it wait a minute, like they pulled this whole thing off for nothing then? Like... So they didn't pull it off. I wanted them to get off scot-free. And then we're missing a whole nother storyline here, which is like, in the world of spies and of thieves, like there's one thief to rule them all. And he's the one that's going after him because of their ego. And that whole game just like didn't make any sense. Right. And that's such and that's such a nonsensical um, doesn't belong in their part of the plot that it's so out of place that I didn't even remember to include it when I just gave a synopsis of the story. It makes no sense, but that's the crux of the thing. So it's like, again, we've been duped throughout the whole movie. There's a, there's a movie going on in the sidelines that we don't know about. Yep. And then at the end we find out about it and it's like, it just does not a caper make. It's like not, it's just like, Matt paint from the moment the thing happens then they just What's start the thing joe tell us the thing the thing is that the major plot twist and the major way they pull off the heist this time oh, yeah. is because julia roberts <laughs> looks like julia roberts <laughs> no 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 no, that was the that was the genius. Yeah. That they was were like we're going to get we are going to make our audience laugh. They're going to be in on this joke. <laughs> this this plot twist brought to you by the letter C for cocaine. Like this is just <laughs> somebody being like, "Oh my god, I'm the best screenwriter ever." Mm. Um, and you know what's also really funny about that is that in that same interview with Soderbergh, he talked about how he, the producers thought that they needed to make it a little bit more obvious because he wasn't sure if the audience would bite uh, the concept of uh, like they would get it. The idea that Julie Roberts is playing Julie Roberts. They're like, do we need to like do something to like kind of push it forward and like make it a little more obvious? And he's like, no, I think, I think people will get it. And it's like, no, 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 we got it. We just thought it was there, stupid. There is, stupid. There is a very, uh, they do say her, her name at least once, right? Julia Roberts? Yeah. yeah. Like the name Julia Roberts? Like yeah. Several times. 100 times. Like, which again, to me, the, uh, the only potential saving grace it could have been is if they weren't that on the nose with it. Yeah. And they just. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that might have been it's okay. Just, and they kind of just made it seem like ambiguous. Right. Megastar. So do I have to bring up this point, which is. Yes. Why doesn't Matt Damon look like Matt Damon then? Why doesn't yeah. George Clooney look like George Clooney in this <laughs> yeah. universe? Does only Julia Roberts universe. exist? Yeah. I mean, Bruce Willis was in a movie with Brad Pitt not that long ago, and he sees Brad Pitt and doesn't have anything to say. Yeah, to him. it's yeah. just I can't. So that so that's the thing. That's the thing that I can. I the rest of this movie could be the best movie I've ever seen, and I would never. I can't. I hate it. I hate everything about that. I can't, it just, <laughs> I find it insulting. But Joe, did you hate the part where Julia Roberts had a conversation with herself on the funny. phone? Funny, funny. That scene, <laughs> funny. I did not hate that, like, but it just doesn't work. It's like, it just doesn't belong. It, it totally. No, it, it was so yes. weirded out of place. It makes no 100%. sense. It was just lazy, guys. Even if the joke, even if they did hit it off, like, I think what we're saying and have said from the beginning is like, it's just a fucking the most lazy thing. It is so lazy. To be like, oh, you <laughs> like, look like, ah. Like, how is that any further than, like, George Clooney being like, I know, I'll rent the movie Ocean's 12 and see what happens at the end, and then I'll just do what those guys did. And you'd be like, yeah, that's no dumber than having Julia Roberts be Julia Roberts. I could have made this movie better. Yeah. Okay, well, that's bold. That's a very bold statement. <laughs> I could have, because I would have cut two of the storylines and developed one of them instead of throwing four storylines in your face, you know? And I would have gotten a fucking 
whip and I would have whipped my actors into shape and I would have said, bitches, you're getting paid millions and millions of dollars to do this. Yeah. I think take it seriously. I think this is just an excuse for Chelsea to whip Brad Pitt. I mean, that was I a mean, rather elaborate way. I would <laughs> and I'm very specific. Well, can you imagine? If I also I have his, to whip I would George, shave his head too. <laughs> <laughs> if I also have to whip George Clooney, so be it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, I'll whip them all. And you know what? If they misbehave, I will handcuff them. <laughs> Don't think that I won't. I got my gag in the trunk of the car. So ev- everything um, that happens after the Julia Roberts thing I, is is varying degrees of bad, uh, including the very end of the movie, at which point they're like, ah, no, no, we stole it a week ago. Bye, everyone. We're going to spend your money yeah. now. Yeah, right. and then it's and like then it's that there's thing yet again. another storyline, which is like Catherine Zeta-Jones isn't mad at Brad Pitt, even though she's an international detective, because he reintroduced her to her father, who is the biggest and most famous thief of all time. It's like, what? It's too much. The fuck? It's too much. Yeah. Like, what yeah, the hell? Well, And then I mean, all of a sudden, this international detective is like in on Ocean's 12, and she doesn't care because she's met her father. It's like, it's actually shocking that this movie was made. It is... A slap in the face. Yeah, it is. I mean, at least, at least we're not crazy for yeah. thinking that. It's on like every yeah. list of like the worst sequels yeah. of all time. It's right up okay. there with Jar Jar Binks. To their credit, right? We just spent like an hour and fifty minutes getting slapped in the face. Okay. Yeah. The, to, mm-hmm. Some of us enjoy to, getting slapped. But to slapped, their though, credit, so. right? For I'm the slappy <laughs> slapper, not the slappy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> to the credit of the people who made this movie, despite being a slap in the face, despite being a fucking abortion, it is still mm-hmm. quite enjoyable. <laughs> so that's what I was just going to ask. I'm so glad you said that. Were you entertained while you were watching it? Yes. Up until the point where I get mad, like, I'm like, this is kind of fun. It's <laughs> dumb. Like, I'm a little irritated with these people. But you know what? Like, I'm okay. I'm on board. And then later on... Mm-hmm. You for, I forget that I'm mad. And I go, okay, well, that was kind of funny, and that was kind of funny. And then at the end of the movie, I re- remember how mad I am again. But there are definitely some parts of this, many parts of this, that are quite enjoyable. Okay, so this movie is bad in theory, but it's not necessarily bad in practice. It's like Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, people fucking hate that movie, but it was fully entertaining, and so you can't really look at it critically because you were entertained the whole time. If you if you start to dissect I, it, then you're like, well, fuck this. Yeah, I guess, but I, I'll, I'll say like, um, having like watched Troy or whatever, like I think that I was enjo- I enjoyed this movie about as much as I enjoyed a movie like Troy or, you know, one of those like really. Except for Troy was three hours long. Well, Troy was incredibly long. Yeah, but like, you know, just it, it, to me, it just felt like a middle of the road movie where I was just watching it like the story's convoluted. There's too many four storylines. These actors don't give a fuck. I don't know. Like that's I sort I sort of just didn't care. You know, like I just. So you didn't even have the fun factor that we had. Not really. I mean, I think it. Yeah, it looked good, but it just all felt so it, it felt like I was watching like a, a Vanity Fair yeah. ad. That was really long. Yeah. So that so my question is though, so because part of the fun for me was try how they were going to reveal how because we knew the whole time that they would actually successfully pull this off, right? We knew for the entire time that they were right. even when they were in jail, it was like obviously they're going to pull this off. So part of they're the fine. entertainment yeah. for me, or the thing that kept me watching, which is the traditional like caper thing, is how are they going to do it? So did that keep you afloat at all? Like just wanting I, to know how they I did found it. that um, yes, absolutely. But again, the reveal of those things were so much less plausible, and therefore just a mm-hmm. worse payoff. Like just a, oh really? Oh yeah, that's how they did yeah. it. Oh, that's what happened. Yeah. Like it's tough when you ha- when you build a bunch of suspense for something and have a reveal at the end. It almost never lives up. Uh, and in this case, yeah. it, I don't think it would have like if they had kept us not in the dark, it might have been more interesting. I'm legitimately confused about what actually happened, though. Which part? Just can someone enlighten me what happened? So like the actual. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying is like uh, I the payoff. I didn't care how they were going to do it. So I didn't th- understand again, there's it, really. multiple heists that happened here, especially when you yeah. mentioned that they're in jail. So obviously the yeah. plot twist there is that Matt Damon's grifter mom 
comes and grifts them out of jail. <laughs> Shocking! How many wild and crazy, yes. like, uh, I'm so bored, like... Just Interpol, everyone. No big deal. Just comes yeah. and busts them out of Interpol. And then, okay, so, but the way that they pull off the heist is, again, get your, your, your raw and pink cheeks ready to be slapped again. Because <laughs> it turns out it, the egg doesn't actually travel in the armored car. It's with a oh, dude right. in a backpack who turns out is quite easy, easy to rob. Who, who doesn't really pay attention to where his backpack is. At Do you think time. when they ha- like they caused that fight, that, which, by the way, was kind of cute, the Red Sox-Yankee fight that happened on the train. I was like, oh, this is like yeah. interesting. Okay, yeah. And then uh-huh. the fight distracts all of the armed security. Traveling <laughs> with the backpack, who it's a meme for a reason. You had one job. Your one yeah. job is to keep your eyes on that fucking backpack. <laughs> and then after everything, he uh, he like grabbed, he like uh, adjusted his backpack or whatever. He didn't bother to like check it or like just you know just yeah. double check before anyone leaves the train after that I- big commotion. I like, checked my backpack for my laptop multiple times per train journey. Yeah, And that's absolutely. just a Mac. Oh, Every time same. I get on the subway. <laughs> Every time on the subway, I'm like checking my I pockets, check checking my backpack. I mean, MacBooks are almost as expensive as a Fabergé egg, so it does, it does make true. sense. Wait, so yeah. So, okay, so the, the egg wasn't in the real things, but they pulled off this whole elaborate thing to throw off the other, the black wolf guy. The night, the night wolf? What was it? The... The night wolf. Okay, cut him out entirely. We don't need him at all, do we? Like, I guess we just didn't. Uh, we didn't, didn't need care. any. No, no, get rid of him. We didn't need the dad. We didn't need the night wolf. Oh, that dad, by the way, was supposed to be played by Clint Eastwood. Oh, oh interesting. God. That would have been a slap to Clint Eastwood's. That would have been a stain on his career. <laughs> no, no, everyone fared <laughs> fine after this. No, like it just it was Teflon. Yeah, you know who didn't fare fine? We talked about this in the last episode. The guy, the main yeah. guy, the main Ocean's 12 guy who's never been seen before. Still don't since. know his name. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, no. He, who oh. knows? Uh, did you guys um, Did you guys like that laser dance scene? Um, oh, my no? he was... God. I was cringing. The in- I literally was full body cringing. I was full body because I just imagined him doing that. Why did they do that? But with no, but like you know how they shot that with no lasers on, and he yeah. just kind of danced his way <laughs> through that room, <laughs> and then they added the lasers afterward, and like imagining him rehearsing for that or any any aspect of that scene was Cringe City USA. It, it was so uncomfortable. Yeah, I to watch. liked him though, like as a character. Like I thought he played that. I wish that he didn't exist, but <laughs> then that like kind of kooky character was. I think he did a good job he, of it. He know? was fine. Yeah, um, I guess. But th- not only was the dance horrible, but it was unnecessary and also wrong. They said that the reason <laughs> they couldn't dodge the lasers yeah. is because they randomized. So I think that that. So as I was watching it, I had that thought, and I think that he had prepared for that. So he was just. So he was also improvising. That he was. He was so skilled and so spontaneous. Yeah, he was no, he was just so spontaneous that he was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, Steven Soderbergh described this movie as one of the biggest budgeted stoner movies of all time. That explains a lot. So that's, that's sort of where he was at. Was that explains a lot. He made it as a stoned person, and you can tell. This is closer to the original, from what I, I haven't seen the original, but I, I imagine this is closer to the original than Ocean's yeah, Eleven. Yeah, because the original was. Ocean's Eleven was very much like a bunch of cool friends drinking and like recording it pretty much is what I read. I haven't seen it. Right. Um, yeah. Um, before filming, Brad Pitt put a memo out to all crew members stating that they only address George Clooney as his character's name, Danny Ocean or Mr. Ocean. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and so in retaliation, cause he got pissed off in retaliation, Clooney um, made and put bumper stickers on the back of Brad Pitt's car that said, <laughs> I'm gay and I vote and small penis on board. <laughs> they were really. That's I'm such gay a, and I vote. Are we allowed? Yeah, are we allowed to laugh burn, at it? That is. At that bumper sticker now? Gay. Are we allowed to at laugh gays? at that? Yeah. I mean, the fact that like the fact that he put that on was like, oh, I've got that guy. He's gonna man. be so. Gonna well, be what so a horrible thing it is to be gay. 
What a loser. <laughs> but also, <laughs> and small vote. penis on board. I mean, they were just yucking it up and making millions. <laughs> I know. How yeah. original. Did Do you think that Brad Pitt just used his many millions to just buy a new car when that happened? He was like, oh, the bumper yeah. stickers have ruined Jesus. it. Give me six new cars, please. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'll just throw it into right. Lake Como. Remember, <laughs> remember when, when Brad Pitt was new, new, new money, like in, oh, in 1995 really or whatever? He had a great time. And he would, buy, he would buy a bicycle in every city that he went to and just lock it up <laughs> yeah, somewhere. He... And then... When he went and visited that city again, he would like be like, I wonder if that bike's still there. And if it was, great, he would ride it. But if it wasn't, then he'd just be like, oh, oh, whatever, I'll just buy another bike. Yeah. And so he has, there's Brad Pitt bikes locked up all over the country and world, I guess. So back to Mr. and Mrs. Smith for one second. I just, I just remembered something. He has a shaved head <laughs> okay. because he's filming Mr. and Mrs. Smith directly after this, right? So in the world right. of Brad Pitt, outside of this movie, he's already met Angelina Jolie. And he's already beginning down the path of treachery. Of infidelity. Yeah. And I just want to take this time. I just want to take this time to to address the fact that this is the last time Brad Pitt is a pure soul in my book. Oh. Now, in everyone's book. The last time when this movie was released, everyone loves him. He's going off the rails. But he's about to be. Yeah, he's about to. This sit. is a major like moment in your podcast. Like we're. Yes. We're going to hit Next a turning week. point. Next week, things, things take a dark yeah. turn here. Yeah, we're, we're entering into phase three. We're entering into phase three next yeah, week. Yeah, for Ocean's 13, it's going to be a very, wow. a very different tone <laughs> yes, on this it's podcast. It's going to be dark. Almost condescend, <laughs> almost chastising yeah. We're going to get super yes. judgy. Our saint, Saint Pitt, is now be, is, <laughs> has turned to the dark side. Yeah, because up to this point, we've been very yeah. good about not being judgmental <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah. Super. Yeah. Super removed. Um, um, question, Michael. Oh, here's no, a you question. Go, you go, you go, oh, you okay. Go. Oh, mine was unrelated, but yeah, I'll please. ask it. Well, what's the first movie you guys remember in a seeing? Theater? Just out of curiosity. Oh, in a theater. Uh, I guess it's... at all, but yeah, theater. But I was mostly. I just mostly meant the first movie you remember, like choosing to watch because I'd seen it before, it. or because uh, any reason, just uh, like that you remember actually watching. Mine was The Land Before Time by Steven Spielberg. How old do you think you were? I was quite young, probably like four, five. Mm. Uh, do you guys know Land yeah. Before Time? It was about yeah, dinosaurs. Uh, yeah, it's oh, we actually. Know. A I mean, ridiculously. It's, it's successful franchise there's been like 13 of them <laughs> i know but the original yeah, one with the yeah. tree star yeah and the mom dies the first movie i ever saw in a theater was the lion king oh no 101 dalmatians oh i loved that movie as a kid i have a i mean i asked because i have an anecdote that my mom told me and i i feel like it's funny and i want to tell you guys so um she asked me she was listening to the podcast and something about it made her want to ask me that and i said i think that this movie called Slappy and the Stinkers. <laughs> I watched that over and over again as a kid. That's not a um, movie. It's a it's a 100% a movie and it's it's super weird. Um it's totally a movie that like is like a cool action movie but like for kids, like kind of like Spy Kids. Anyway, um like uh like Three Ninjas? No, it's like three kids who like stand up to bullies and stuff. Yeah. It's like that show. Yeah, Recess, no, I was naming of, a movie action. Three Ninjas. It was like it was like a oh, kids action that. movie when I was a kid. We have to remember that Michael is oh okay right two decades younger than us, Joe. Yeah, I'm I'm only sixteen. Um, <laughs> my mom said the first movie she took me to was Beauty and the Beast. I was two and a half. But my my favorite thing she said she said you also love to watch Mary Poppins, specifically the scene where Dick Van Dyke is a one man band, and even more specifically when he hit himself in the face with a symbol. You probably watched that seven hundred and eighty six times a day. Aw, that's such a cute. So that's that little adorable. And did your mom run out into the uh, parking lot and slap a bumper sticker on your car that said "I'm gay"? As a, hu- <laughs> as a <laughs> that's how you became hu- gay in the, in the early. As a hilarious prank. <laughs> I think um, that might be what did it. Uh, the first movie I, th- I just I remember seeing I think was probably like Empire Strikes Back or something. Um, yeah, like at home, uh, like we had beta. Really? We had Betamax tapes. Like my parents weren't big on like kids movies. Like I didn't have cartoons and stuff. 
Um, so I think it was Return of the Jedi. And the first movie I remember seeing in the movie theater, I think, was Santa Claus the movie. Mm. Oh, oh, I remember man, that movie. I remember that. Yeah. That was a big deal. Well, because I sometime yeah. between our first... like a, a few years ago in movies and now, ha- something happened where now I remember everything that's in the theater because I was looking at what's also out currently and everything I remember seeing in the theater. So something... Something happened like between 2002 and now that now I remember everything. So yeah. I'm here now. <laughs> so I had I had two older siblings and I used to I so much of my movie memory is like not being allowed to see the rated mm. R movies that they could see and me like spying on them. Like I remember watching Rocky Horror Picture Show when I was like 5. And being like having no concept of it but knowing it was wrong and like really <laughs> liking it, you know. I I've got uh... Two anecdotes. I'll try to only do one here. Okay. So when I was a kid, my parents were really strict about what I could watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't allowed to see R-rated movies until I turned 17. Yeah, same. And when I was uh, 12 years old, there was like a birthday party to like go to the movies. Like one of my friends was having. It was like a go to the movies birthday party. And they wanted to go see Cool World. And oh. my parents... There Starting you go. Look at that. Uh, and my parents mm-hmm. would not let me see Cool World. Um, exactly. It's a so sexual romp. <laughs> everyone, this group of 13-year-old boys, was then forced to see a different movie because of one boy. That boy being being me. Oh, no, Joe And the movie that they had to go see, <laughs> the only thing my parents would let me attend was Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. <laughs> Oh no! So instead I did like of like, that one. and it takes place in Vegas. Uh, so instead of, uh, mm-hmm. like a, now that's a good sequel right there. That yeah, ain't that's no a sequel that is literally and figuratively bigger than the original. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah. I ruined everyone's, everyone's day. Like instead of going to see Cool Cool World with Brad Pitt and, and be kind of a sexy PG thirteen movie, everyone went to kids movie because mm-hmm. <laughs> of me. <laughs> and how 12. old were you? Oh, it's brutal. I wonder that how effect, how that has affected you. Um, yeah, I'm definitely you know? not afraid to ruin people's good time. That's for sure. Same. With my, with, oh yeah. With my with well, my. That's why we bring you onto the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're here. You're our you're our resident buzzkill. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, back to the movie really quick. I feel like wasn't it the exact same budget as the first one, or was it actually more money? It yeah. was. No, it was. They, they, uh, Soderbergh actually asked to have it be the same budget for some reason. I don't know why he would be like, no, you know what? I don't want more money. I'm good. Even though production was a nightmare that could have been solved by more money, I don't need more money. So, so they spent all of it on but, international yeah. travel and actors, and then that's why the story well, suffered? I, I mean, it, it's not, uh, I don't think I, that's I don't where think that so. can I, be the I case because it's not like having more money gets you a better story. Like, so I just think that. Look, right. at the beginning of this, I went on a rant about how clearly they had a lot more money and they just pissed it away. I guess they didn't. I guess they didn't have a lot more money. Um, but I think that the the lack of money could be why some of it just looks so sloppy. Or Yeah, like the, like the, yeah, the graphics or, for sure. Well, it was a little bit more money. It was like $10 million more million, which I guess is a lot of money. So but what was the, what was the in, budget? In terms of... A hundred and ten million dollars compared to a hundred oh, million dollars wow, okay. before. So it's still a big giant chunk of money, but it's not significantly more. I would assume that the ten million dollars extra was involved in moving the production to Europe, but for the most part, it was about the same scale. They literally were like, "Want to make another movie? Yeah. Want to have a vacation at the same time with your best friends? Sure. Okay, great. Then we're gonna have everybody in America yes. pay for the tickets. So how did it do?" And what else came or out around the same oh. time? Do you know? Are we ready to do numbers and stuff? I, I think just, it's time. It, it works. <laughs> it's it's so a, you a it up. S- seamless transition. Well, it did well. Um, Fair enough. <laughs> uh, $110 million budget, like I said. Its opening weekend was like uh, in in November, I think. Um, oh, I was going to And it did $39.1 million. It opened at number one. Oh, Joe. Oh, nice. Um, it it a lot. It opened another at the same sequel. Time I hated Trinity. I have no- 
And uh, never, for sure, never. Yeah, saw that movie it. was not good. <laughs> Didn't even know it existed. Uh, also out, <laughs> also out at the same time um, was National Treasure, The Incredibles, Polar National Express, Treasure. And National Treasure. I I, liked I love that everything movie Nicholas Cage so has good. ever done. Those movies are pure joy. They're absolute. <laughs> so good. They're a delight. Joy, joy, joy. Yeah. Yeah, absolute delight. Never yeah. go wrong. You know what? He's a national treasure. <laughs> he sure so. is, and he just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> yeah, um, as treasure does. Uh, its total domestic gross was one hundred and twenty-five point five million. Does anyone want to guess its total lifetime gross? Four hundred million. Okay, Chelsea. What four twenty-five? Three twenty-five. It's three hundred and sixty-two point seven million Ooh. was its total lifetime. We were close, both of us. Yeah, mm-hmm. closer, Chelsea, winner. Woo-woo. So it did. It did pretty good numbers wise, and I think obviously this only proved audiences could not be, uh, like you know they won't not watch a movie if they just like looking at the things in it, even if the story yeah. sucks, they'll still watch it. Yeah, and they know that the filmmakers knew that. That's why we're all so pissed off. Yeah, you know? I mean they that has to be disappointing uh numbers. The I mean think about if this movie had been good. Like to yeah. make a movie for 110 million and have it gross 125 domestically is like yeah. not exactly a slam dunk. No, it's not. True, but I think they also went into it knowing that it was going to do well foreign cuz its foreign gross was 237. So it made a lot more oh, nearly so double foreign. So, uh it's not, you know, it wasn't like a flop or anything like that, but I, I, I also in defense of Soderbergh, he did say if he didn't make twelve, then we never would have got Ocean's Thirteen, which everyone right. considers a, a better movie. So if he didn't fuck this up, then we would have never got Thirteen. So that's like what my parents say about my family. <laughs> you know, if they hadn't have fucked up the second one, I wouldn't have come along as in the third. <laughs> Sorry, Tay Tay, not that you're listening. Um, I have okay so we've we've been doing this podcast now this is episode um 25 this is 25 um and recently we've started doing a segment kind of off the cuff which I think I want to make an every episode thing which is Mary fuck kill oh yeah and so I would like to know who you guys would marry fuck kill Matt Damon George Clooney Brad Pitt Mm. Well, this one's relatively easy for me. I would marry George Clooney. I would. Uh... Oh Jesus! I guess yeah, uh-huh, now I'm uh-huh. now I'm torn. Is it easy, Michael? Is it? Thought it was. I just knew that I wanted to marry George Clooney. Um, <laughs> I guess I would. I guess I would fuck Brad Pitt because I know he would do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's gay, you can tell by his bumper right. sticker. He's gay based on his bumper sticker, and he has no problem cheating on his current <laughs> love. Um, and I, I guess I would kill Matt Damon, which I feel bad about because I really like the guy. He's a great dude. I feel like you, it would be fun to have sex with Matt Damon. Like I, to- I agree. George Clooney, I would feel so, I don't know, I'd be so self-conscious. <laughs> Actually, I might change my answer to marry Matt Damon and kill George Clooney because I love Matt Damon. And he feels like a dude that I would love to hang out with. Yeah, you guys would be friends as well as lovers. George Clooney would be very intimidating. Yeah, but also I feel like he would just he would make all my worries go away with his smooth, smooth voice. You're finally getting to yeah. the right answer, Michael. Like you're okay. No, you're, <laughs> you're almost there. You definitely, you definitely got to marry Matt Damon. He's a fucking sweetheart. He's gonna love. He's gonna yeah. cherish you. He's gonna. Yeah. Well, you. What about you? Are is this the this same is, for this you? This is what I'm saying. No, that's not what it is for me. It's the right answer. Okay. When I when okay, I do these, enough. there's like a very clear right answer. It's not like an opinion okay. thing. It's just math. Okay. Matt Damon is going to cherish you for the rest of your days. Okay. He's a del- he's mm-hmm. a sweetheart. He's he might be America's sweetheart. Okay. Everything he touches yeah, turns he to gold. Be. You got to marry him. You fuck. Mm-hmm. I know this is going to be controversial. George Clooney. That's not controversial because I, I get. That. I do think that George Clooney would be better in bed than Brad Pitt. And I he think would say, I always have said that Brad Pitt kind of probably smells bad, like patchouli. Or just butt. I think he might just smell like <laughs> butt. Like he definitely. You know that George Clooney smells delicious, yeah. though. Yeah, George Clooney. George Clooney smells like, yeah, he, he, he smells 
I want to say no like a must. What. And you, yeah, and you don't want to marry George Clooney because he's going to be – he's a nightmare. Let's be honest. He you would don't be want hard to marry, marry Brad Pitt or George Clooney. Right. No, that's for sure. So unfortunately, yeah. it's the Pitts, guys, but you got to kill Brad Pitt. <laughs> and you, I, think that that's, I think that's how he would want it. I think so. I think, you so. Do I think have to he's kill just Brad Pitt. What is happening? This is a Pitts podcast. Yeah, you gotta kill Brad wow. Pitt. Wow. And then, well, Chelsea, I think you're you right, did pose Joe. a question with two amazing guys and Brad Pitt. <laughs> All right, how about this? Brad Pitt, John, Don Cheadle, and Bernie uh, Mac. Casey Affleck. <laughs> well, I th- we gotta kill Casey Affleck right off the bat, right? Because he's like a literal yeah. bat, he's bad yeah. guy. So, bye. Casey, I can't consider you. Although some women do like that kind of marriage. Um, no, fuck so him. Anyway, He's yeah, the worst. So let's uh, let's get eliminate him, and then so who who's left now? <laughs> Don Cheadle and Don Brad Cheadle Pitt. and Brad Pitt. <laughs> uh, I I would marry Don Cheadle. Yeah, I think I'd marry Don Cheadle I'd also. He Pitt. crushed it on Saturday Night Live last week. I don't know if you guys watched it. He was. I heard. He I was hilarious. Seen it. Uh, there have been two really solid episodes this year, and like I know a lot of people hate it right now, but I thought Halsey was fucking fantastic. Didn't she like live paint? Yeah, she she did, while she sang, she painted a portrait. Like it was really fucking cool, and she was good in the sketches mm. too. Um, and Don Cheadle. So yes, I would marry mm. Don Cheadle. I think, and uh, and, and okay. then, that now you get your Brad Pitt fucking. No, I'd fuck Cheadle Ooh. and marry Pitt. Oh, interesting. So, do you yeah. want because to be cheated on? Because I know a lot on? about Pitt. <laughs> I don't mind being cheated on because I it's 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 part and parcel, you know. It's part for the course. I guess, yeah. And like we don't love each other. Are you saying I'm cheating on him constantly? You would rather get <laughs> cheated on than cheated on? Okay. Okay, I have to go. Joe. I love that kind of joke. That's my kind of shit. You must be a stand-up comedian or something. Yeah, I'm gonna let me write that. Let me put that in my notebook. Yeah, please. The next time I see you at the comedy store, you better fucking have a or else. Um, okay. I think – thank you guys for indulging in this week's segment of Mary Fuck Kill. Of course. And now I think it's time for the ratings. And All they're right. fun. They're fun because people had the, – the, the, um, the ratingists – what are they called? Film critics really had a field day with this one. So, IMDb gives it a 6.5 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 55. Roger Ebert mm. gives it a 3 out of 4, saying, this movie is all... Of- 3 out of 4, Roger Ebert. Okay? Wow, that's pretty high. Yes, he's the worst. This movie is all about <laughs> behavior, dialogue, star power, and wise-ass in-jokes. I really sort of liked it. <laughs> so, three star... Three, 75%. 75%. Entertainment Weekly, our litmus. D+. Plus. Um... They say, uh, it's a postmodern prankster brand of ring-a-ding excitement and thievery. Soderbergh has made a film that suggests we're fools to expect anything more from our entertainment. Is not the appearance of Julia Roberts enough to enchant the movie smirks? Correct. You know. Oh, oh, oh. Gliberman nails it again. Yeah. (laughs) He says, but all the fun in Ocean's 12 takes place off screen, as if behind a VIP lounge velvet rope. It was like summer camp, unbelievably fun and relaxing, Robert says in production notes about her work schedule sitting around Clooney's pool. What's on screen is lazy, uh-huh. second-rate, phoned-in, a heist in which it's the audience whose pockets have been picked. Yeah. That 100%. last line. So you know we've what? been heisted. I think whoever was writing reviews for Entertainment Weekly, they got fired because they were like, look, yeah. your reviews are off the wall. They don't make any <laughs> fucking sense. And yeah. so they got they've a real been, critic in because now I agree most of the time. They kicked it up a notch. So yeah. now for our ratings. How, the movie in general we all know, but we got to rate it out of 10. Joe, if you would please do the honors. I'm going to give this movie a First. 1 out of 10. This movie, this is wow. the... This, honestly, it's one of the only movies I'll go on record as saying I, I think I don't like because I don't like it that much. It oh is a gosh. 1. It is, huh. I, I genuinely feel okay. completely insulted. I feel like this movie came over my house, fucked my mom, ate all my food and left again. Like I feel personally <laughs> offended by this movie. Um, this is definitely the lowest rated film. One is the lowest score ever in the history of movies yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. I sure. don't think any- 
Because I always up the score just by virtue of the fact that they made. That's why it's a not movie. zero. Like I want to give it a zero, and one yeah. is me being like, I did enjoy many parts of this. That's how offensive I found the rest. Right, and Michael, I'm gonna give it a three, because um, I didn't really like it, but I guess I I like how Brad looked, and I like <laughs> I liked some of the dialogue, and I you know I like the uh, it did look good. I don't know. It it wasn't. It, it wasn't entirely garbage, but it was mostly yeah. garbage. So I'll give yeah. it a three. I think I'm I'm right there with you at the three. And it's pretty much only for Brad's looks. And the presence, like and the, you know, the presence no, of you know what? Stars. That's not fair because I was, I did like get semi entertainment out of it, even kind of like as a joke of itself, which is not a good thing for a movie. Like I was entertained by right. how bad it was, which is. You don't necessarily want to give points like that. If you feel like you can be in on the joke with them, that's great. Like, I actually wouldn't – I wouldn't uh, fault you for being like, you know what? They were picking my pocket and I let it happen and I still kind of enjoyed it. I like – but, yeah, yeah, I just – that's not me. But, yes. You know what? I'm going to bump it up to a four just because – I watched it and I wasn't like wanting to poke my eyes out like some of the other movies I've seen. But so I do feel personally score offended, is still too. Not a great, uh, and it's still not a great score, so I think that's, that's no, reasonable. No, fuck no. It's a terrible score. I mean, we're yeah. all in agreement from the very yeah, get-go. We, we always it's, knew. It sucks. Yeah. So um, then let's do uh, Brad's performance. Chelsea, where are, you, where are you at with Brad's performance? I thought he was great. Okay. I thought this was his movie. I think he's the only reason for the movie to be good. I liked his little smirks. You know how when he smirks, <laughs> my heart just yeah. sings. Yeah, that's so, fucking smirk. I'll give him a, like a, a seven. A seven, okay. Yeah. Uh, I, Jeff, I actually am with, in agreement, but I just want to. I'm going to bump it up one. I'm going to give it an A. I think this wow. is Rusty's movie. I think that he mm-hmm. kills it as Rusty. He's not really involved in any of the horrible Julia Roberts storyline. Um, nope. True. He finds new and interesting things to eat. We get him with short hair. We get him with short hair and long hair. Uh, this is an eight. This is an eight for me. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you, Chelsea. It's a seven because of uh, all the things that both of you said. I I agree with all that. Um, I I just I mean when I think of an eight performance, I think of something that really carries the movie. He doesn't quite carry the movie, but it is good. So. And also minus that one point for even signing on. And taking <laughs> you know, like fuck know. you for participating, like. It's a zero. And remember, you got to remember, he's already flipping to the dark side here. So it's probably he's like God. walking on. So he's probably doing such a good role because he's like getting some new tail on the side. Shaved off his. <laughs> oh my God, you are unforgiving. Shaved off his hair and his integrity. I'm unforgiving. Yeah. Now to my now. Okay, so for looks. Joe, do you want to start? I'm us going off with, how with he a looks? ten here, guys. Uh-huh. Because a ten. I think with you a ten too. A he, ten, a ten. So hot. I want to show you, I'm going to send you guys a picture on the Skype of this one moment in the movie that I literally needed to stop and pause because it was so beautiful. Okay? Coming in hot. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with a nine because, yeah, he's unbelievably gorgeous, but I think a lot of physical attraction and physical appeal also comes from personality and uh, how you carry yourself. And I think in, in like 90% of his personality he's there but there's just like a little like an arrogance and a like a i don't give a fuck but not in a cool way uh that sort of knocks it down a point for me but most of mostly he's he's there so it's a nine for me yeah i mean that makes sense joe i'm sending you a picture that i sent to michael um when i was very 24 started sending you a picture now he is the foxiest motherfucking fox that ever existed. You know, he's a, he's a hot dude. That's all. He is, a, he is quite a hot dude. He yeah. is he's a the, hot dude. You know how like we don't say adhesive strip, we say band aid, and we don't say who says adhesive strip. No, is that I'm just a saying like band aid is the brand no, it's, name. It's like a brand. And we thing. don't say like oh, um, oh, yeah, yeah, petroleum yeah, yeah, yeah. jelly. We say Vaseline. Like the brand names. Brad Pitt yeah. is the name. Yeah, yeah. Is the brand name when you talk about a hot guy. He is the exactly. That's, that's a great way well, to put it. And that's why we're here, ladies and gentlemen. And that's what we've been trying to say yeah. since day one. We, ep one. Like, what do you think? You're Brad Pitt. Like, yeah. he's the band aid, the Vaseline, the fucking 
the Hoover. That don't impress me much. Like I was watching, I was watching The Office the other day, and there and there's a scene where Dwight walks into the office and he's like trying to command everyone's attention, and he says, "Attention, everyone! Brad Pitt was in a horrible <laughs> car accident." And Kelly says, "Oh my God, is Brad okay?" And then he says, "Also, like there was a fire somewhere else." And she's like, "Wait, what happened to Brad?" And like that's like the joke, and it's like you just pick a movie star, and you, there's a good chance you're gonna yeah. pick Brad's Pitt. Brad Pitt, he's like yeah. the one you pick. I'll pit, pick Brad's pit. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Cheatled. You guys just got cheatled. Right. <laughs> we got cheatled. Joe, I just sent you that picture. Please look at it. And this is why I think cinematography got rated highly in this movie because, yeah, wow. damn. Literally well, if you, like yeah, if you photograph Brad Pitt, you're going to be like, wow, what a great photo. It's like, no, what a great yeah. subject. Anyway. Yeah. Who sits anyway, like that? So, um, <laughs> Rusty oh, does. Rusty. I kind of like the name Rusty, like too. Yeah. I might name my first son Rusty after this movie. I liked also the name Alabama from uh, California. Mm, Alabama Warley. Um, Okay. You guys, I think this this concludes our Ocean's 12 episode. Joe, we'd love to have you back for Ocean's 13 if you're available. I I will be available. Maybe we'll do the scheduling afterward. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll do this, guys. The guy that wrote Ocean's 13, one of the two, it's a writing team. I'm very friendly with him. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, oh. And well, he needs to come onto the podcast. So I'm going to ask him to come on the podcast, but I will. Oh, my gosh. He's currently, uh, he's also the executive producer of Billions. So he's currently in the middle of shooting season four of Billions. So he's. Very busy at the moment. Well, if you could just just nicely explain to him um, what a big deal it is for him to be on this podcast, I will do that. Mm-hmm. I will tell him to what, billions. What a career opportunity this is for him. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I'll say, barring him coming on the show, I will at least ask him, "Hey, can you give me like a couple of good anecdotes that Great. nobody yeah. else has heard yet that we can at least talk about uh, on the podcast?" Oh, yeah. fantastic! That would okay, be amazing. Well, we really look forward to that. And listeners, next week is Mr. and Mrs. Motherfucking Smith. I have literally started this podcast for next week's episode, so please yep. be sure to tune in. To that. <laughs> it's wow. Like top, it's like in my top five movies that I've been excited to watch when we started this. Ocean's yes. Eleven was another one. So mm. Moneyball is yes. another one, too. Moneyball is one of my favorite yeah. movies ever. I'm looking forward to Jesse James. That's coming up soon, too. Okay. Anyway, thanks, everybody. Bye. Love y'all. Love y'all. See you. Joey, we'll see you for 13. Cool. See you then, guys. Bye. Bye. Dope.